gentle reminder that if you whisper, I will haunt your grave. Um, lovingly, but also eternally. Um, next, I mean, Fredette? Is that right? Fredette? Okay. Um, next up is a personal favor, favorite, Megan Fredette. It <laughs> is a writer living in Brooklyn where she recently relocated from Chicago. She is a weekend entertainment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, she is a weekend entertainment and fashion writer at Refinery29. And next month, she will be joining Refinery29. Do we call it R29? No, it's it says R29 now. Okay, cool. Uh, Refinery29 as a staff writer. Her work has been published by Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, AV Club, and the Chicago Reader, The Village Voice, Spin, and Rookie Mag. Megan Fredette. So this is a piece that I've actually been trying to write for about three years, and I don't know why I never could. I just, I, I guess I just couldn't. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's here today, and uh, it's, uh, I hope you guys like it. Uh, it's about Carly Rae Jepsen. Woo! Uh, <laughs> uh, emotion is the most important pop record of the 2010s. That's not a conclusion I come to lightly. It certainly wasn't a cultural hydrogen bomb in the manner of Beyonce's visual album. A million frenzied texts and Twitter messages alerting one another that she had dropped a surprise album on a Monday and Friday night at midnight. Uh, replete with a music video for every single song. It crashed iTunes, broke the internet, and assured bass dominance over both pop music and hip-hop. Indeed, over culture of all, t of all kinds. Popular, alternative, marginalized, or otherwise. No one was immune from the infantile arpeggios that opened drunken love. You're hearing it in your head now. I know you are. Emotion, by contrast, uh, followed a bumbling, almost misguided steps with its rollout. She didn't plan a world tour to support the album and released seven of its 12 tracks as singles weeks before the record even came out. Her interviews were measured and boring as if she if she made herself accessible to the press at all. The initial album sales were anemic, though that's putting it nicely. Cam Lindsay at Noisy wrote that Emotion was a massive commercial flop, and with US sales of under 17,000 in its first week, that's not an understatement. But when advanced copies of the album were sent to the press, that's where it achieved its biggest success, on music Twitter. <laughs> For two solid weeks, Music journalists and editors could not stop chattering amongst themselves about how much they love this record. Music critics from all genres lauded its production and its catchiness. While many debated its cheeky teen crush-centered relevancy was universally adored by the music media. A cranky editor I know who primarily listens to doom metal and grindcore once said that Emotion was the first pop record he heard that didn't make him want to stab his ears out. Female pop critics, or female music critics, praised the album as the first time they felt like pop music was telling their story. Male music critics especially seized on emotion as a way to show off their softer side. 
It's not that they were ironic in their love, but they were very eager to show off their woke masculinity by quoting its lyrics. See, I'm not an annoying music critic dude who jerks off to Lester Bang stories about groupies. I'm a guy who's conquered my fragile male insecurity. <laughs> when I first heard this album, I was walking with my headphones, uh, pat, with my headphones in past Maria Hernandez Park in Bushwick. I was incredibly depressed and in a very, very bad position in my life. As soon as the album started, I jumped for joy. In the middle of the street, I literally jumped for joy and began clapping like someone who had just been given a surprise duffel bag full of cash. Carly Rae Jepsen embraces the crush as perfectly normal, even an aspirational condition well into one's 30s. She is, of course, my age. I'll be 32 in a couple weeks. The desperation of emotion lies in its honesty. Give me love, but do you think that I want too much? I know I'm just a friend to you and I will never get to call you mine. I've got a cavern of secrets. None of them are for you. People these days, the urban creative class at least, and my evidence is scantily anecdotal, <laughs> are getting married later in life and absentmindedly, absentmindedly rejecting parenthood, choosing instead to raise a dog, a cat, or houseplants until they're ready. A nebulous goal that resembles the old American dream, a, spatial afford a spacious, affordable, maybe rent-controlled apartment, a decent job, manageable student debt. We no longer expect our romantic partners to accompany us into the next week, let, us al let alone the next chapter of our lives. Relationships are no longer seen as a stabilizing force or even a prerequisite for any kind of success or sufficiency. Love is icing on top of a cake shaped like a rent-controlled condo and a job with benefits. It's nice, but dispensable. Now, I don't mean to sound critical. The concept of at will works much better for relationships than it does for jobs. I'm sorry, MTV people, I love you. If you wanna leave someone for any reason, at any time, you can. It's been particularly beneficial for women as it's allowed us to exit abusive relationships and marriages in drove that were hitherto deemed socially destructive. Our divorce rate is 50%, but maybe a big part of that is just because women have fucking had it. Back when my mom was pregnant with me, she, ex she was expected to marry my biological father father to avoid me a baby conceived of lusty sin to avoid going to hell in a baby basket nowadays getting pregnant out of wedlock is a flimsy plot and plot line on girls eliciting eye rolls and groans heard around the internet but what if someone but what if some of us want to date what if we are looking for a life partner or even just a partner to live with for a couple of years until we drift apart no matter what kind of affection we desire seeking it out requires navigating the most murky, definitely irritating ar arenas of crush. Major crush, love if you're lucky. And it's precisely this point where emotion speaks most poignantly. Carly Rae Jepsen sings, sings brutally honest songs about the way people date and love right now. Most of us aren't married, but maybe we wanna hump another human occasionally. We cover our bodies with our blankets in bed, the yellowish night mode, backlight, illuminating apparitional faces on Tinder or Grindr, whatever fucking app people use these days. A night at a bar with cute conversation about pets and the last good show we saw. 
uh, makes the heart tick a bit faster. What Carly calls, baby, let's go get lost. Let's take the long way home. Maybe there's a kiss at the end of the night. Maybe we accomplish a goal of humping that body. But either way, there's no text in the morning or after the third date or after a few months. You're left stunned, but not surprised. Look, it sucks to be rejected. But the feelings you had when you were with that person, however fleeting, are still real and valid and okay to have. Does falling into a crush one magical date mean that love is around the corner? Maybe, but statistically speaking, no. So why not get caught up in the emotion, all that you can feel of it? Adulthood dulls the intensity of our feelings. Carly Rae Jepsen, by focusing on those precipitous moments right before we fall in love, allow us to, allows us to experience something that our stupidly busy adult lives would otherwise write off. A few months ago, I went out on a date. I can't say that my hopes were necessarily very high. We met on Tinder and exchanged a few pleasantries, nothing at all salacious. We had some mutual friends in common, so thus came that dating app trope of Gosh, the world is so small sometimes, knowing full well that it only feels small because people who like the same kinds of things gravitate towards one another, and not because the world isn't bustling with billions of people all complex and fucked up and cruel and kind and mostly horny. Let's get a drink, he offered. I said, sure. My ambitions were unexceptional. Get off the couch for a few hours, drink some free drinks, maybe make out, ghost on them the next day. I showed up 10 minutes late and told him I got, long, got lost along the way, but the truth is I'd forgotten that we made plans and scrambled to look date-worthy, which for me takes time. But the moment I walked into the bar and saw his smiling face, the jubilant saxophone that opens Runaway With Me began playing in my mind. At the end of the date, after we parted ways, and he... And we began texting at the end of the date, him from a cold train platform and me from an inflatable airbed. I realized after the first date, it's way too soon. It couldn't be love, but I really, 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 really liked him. And he's sitting right there. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque <laughs> club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!